Praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Welcome to church. It's a pleasure again tonight to bring us the word of the Lord. We thank God for another evening wherein we are strengthening one with another of the word. And I'm grateful to God again that we are privileged at this time to come together as a people of God and fellowship one with another. The Lord bless you all tonight in Jesus' name. I believe that we had a great day and um, we are making progress in our work with God. And our coming together in studying the word again tonight is a sign of our desire to know him more and grow more in the things of the spirit. And therefore, I welcome you all as we join in both on Mixler and on the Zoom network. Uh, trust the Lord that you grant us speed and grace tonight in Jesus' name. Um, I, it's a good time for us to start the study this evening. And if we're all set and in our places and in a quiet place with our pen and our barrels, we can go on now, but we start with prayer. Lord, we thank you again this evening. We gather around your table to behold your wonderful face as you revealed in your word. For he that beholds your word beholds your glory. Therefore, tonight we come in humility to behold. And as we behold, we are changed. We are transformed. We are, we are strengthening, made better believers, maturing daily to your image as we look and behold and learn of you. Thank you because we have a good heart. Our heart is meek and lowly. And we benefit from your word tonight. Thank you because we eat to the full and we have clear understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Um, we've been um, studying Romans and we are in Romans chapter 8. Uh, but before I go on tonight, I think it would be expedient and, um, and um, unsensible if we just read through together the last 10 verses. Um, of Romans chapter 8, that means we are reading from verse 29, because Romans chapter 8 has 39 verses. So if you can join me tonight, let us look at something very important as we read together the last 10 verses. Um, something very interesting here that I want us to look at, because every word of God is God's breathed. And so let's look at what the Lord is saying here in Romans chapter 8 to us. Let's be together from verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then be also called. 
and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for the saints. In fact, this was a scripture I was looking for the last time. I was sharing about Christ being our intercessor and the Holy Spirit also being our Lord intercessor. But let's go on. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come neither height nor death nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This is an interesting read um, but as we read this we come to a culmination of of a thought process that, that began from chapter 1. Um, before I go on this evening to look at these scriptures and study it one by one as the Lord will permit us, let me say to us that the concern of the Lord, the, or, or the utmost concern of our Lord Jesus and the apostles was emphatically and definitively redemptive based. He says, for this cause was I sent. And all the apostles did after Jesus was to show forth the truth by which men can be saved. The, the, the trust of their teaching was not to just allow everybody in. The thrust of their teaching is to show men the way of redemption. And, and that's why Apostle Luke wrote in, in Acts 4 verse 12. If we can read there, let's go there because this is important as we build on to where we are tonight. Acts chapter 4, 
Acts 4 verse 12. So we know the thrust of their teaching. Because they took the thrust of their teaching also from the Lord Jesus. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any order. Please, let's notice this very emphatic. It means there is no salvation in any order. There is no salvation for there is none other name under heaven. No other name under heaven. Please notice that. Some people say, say no other name. Someone type say no other name under heaven through which man can be saved. I think that is very clear enough. So it means there's no room for mingling. There's no ambiguity. This is definitive and clear enough that there's no other name beside Jesus. There's one way. Um, um, Jesus didn't, didn't leave any ambiguity to point him to the way of salvation. Even if men don't feel so, it doesn't matter how men feel, what is important is how the Lord has set it in motion. So you see, Luke said, no other name. For this is what he heard from the apostles as testimony. And so we, we, we see that this is a trust. So their, their major trust is to, is to present this name. Amen. In fact, if, if, if you come to Acts 3.16, just turn one, one page backward. When, when Peter and John healed, healed the leper. And the whole, the whole congregation, the whole um, um, synagogue, the, 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 the religious establishment of the day, trying to seek God. They heard these words from Peter and the eleven. Hear what they say? In Acts 3.16 it says, And his name, through faith in his name, had made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him had given him this perfect soundness in the presence of ye all. Now he was preaching, but you see, so that it's not ambiguous, they narrowed it down to the source. So the source of redemption, folks, is Christ. Joining the church does not mean redemption. Associating with the gathering of the people does not mean redemption. The only means of redemption and the only way to redemption is Christ. And therefore, Jesus Christ said in John chapter 14 verse 6, He said, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. When, when Thomas asked of him, show the Father and the sufficers, He said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father. Except by me. And we, and, and, and we go further to find that the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Romans, devoted at least eight chapters of 16 to further explain the importance 
of becoming a child of God and the procedure. So that there's no, there's no confusion along the way. And so when Paul began to explain in Romans from chapter 1 to chapter 8, this is what he was talking about. And, and, and from chapter 29 to 39 is the climax of chapter 8 of that, of that, of that blessedness of redemption in Christ. But if you add chapters 9 to 12, because he still spoke about redemption vis-a-vis -vis Israel in the plan of God, we can safely say he used 11 chapters in his 16 chapters treatise to the church in Rome. And he used the 16 chapters to explain salvation. So that nobody is, 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 is in the dark or is in the doubt of how a man is saved. So he took, he took, now, now, now Romans is one of the, the, the longest epistles of the apostle Paul and where he taught, he taught, he taught, he taught the, the doctrine of Christ. And if doctrine matters, which it does, then we have to pay attention. Um, please follow me tonight. And remember that the people that Paul was writing this epistle to are not totally unbelievers. They are a church mixed with Jewish believers and Gentile believers. But, but something is important that must be set clear. So nobody is in the, in the, in the dark as to the process and procedure of redemption. So that people being in church um, 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 don't just be there all their lives and not partake in the, in the spirit of the church. For there is a letter of the church and there is a spirit of the church. The letter of the church is the building, the organization. But the spirit of the church is the eternal connection to the source of salvation with Christ Jesus. And this is important. If, if, if you read from verse 1 to 17 in Romans 1, chapter 1, verse 17, you see Paul saying, I am writing to the church in Rome, and, 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 and he wrote to them to greet them, and he, he didn't deny the fact that they are, they, they are not believers, but, 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 but as far as he's concerned, he needs to set the record of, of the teaching of the church straight, so that this church can, can examine themselves, so each individual can examine themselves in the light of the truth. And that's why Romans chapter 8 verses 29 to 39 is very important. It's on this premise that it will, it will become clear to you what Paul is saying. And remember the context of this scripture. The context is talking about salvation by faith through grace and in Christ. You know, if you folks today in our world, if you ask them, are you a Christian? They say yes. But I think, like Paul was doing here, Paul went further to interrogate the process. Because men can be in that place all their lives yet don't know him. And that would be 
the most the most sorrowful thing a man can experience on earth. Remember the parable Jesus gave in the book of Matthew when he sent them to go and, and in Luke, Luke 14, when he sent them out to go and invite people to the church. When the master of the ceremony came, who is, who is God, he opened and saw people there and he saw someone without the garment. He said, how did you get in here? But guess what? It was in. It means not everybody that is in is qualified to be in. And this is what Paul is addressing. Remember that the Jewish believers at this time thought and established the fact that nobody can come to Christ except certain things of the law are followed. We see in Acts 15 verse 1 and 2, and certain brethren came from, from Joshua and said, except a man follows the law of, of, of Moses, he can never, he cannot be saved. So they tie salvation to observing the law. And this was what Paul was writing to correct so that everyone knows. And Paul had not been to this church. Paul was writing in anticipation he wrote to them so that some things are clear Paul didn't want to take chances just like when he got to Ephesus he didn't want to take chances listen when he got there he met certain disciples and he asked them have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe Imagine they said, we've not even had if there be any Holy Ghost. That means we must not take chances with anyone. Paul, as the, as the, as the apostle to the Gentile, took no chances. We also mustn't take chances. Acts 19 from verse 1, from, from verse 1 you're going to see that. Read to verse 7, that works. But the church in Rome, Paul had not been there in person. Paul was, 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 was planning for, 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 for his fourth missionary journey that would take him to Spain. Turn me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1 quickly. Sorry, Romans 1. Romans chapter 1. Let me show you that Paul hasn't been here before. But, but, but yet, he was writing to them to show them something, to ring a bell, so that in case he's not able to get there, so the people there will know they are standing in Christ. It is good for everyone to know he's standing in Christ. Romans 1, we read from verse, uh, from verse, from verse 8. It says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. So he's saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to come, 
Verse 11, for I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end, that you may be what may be established. Verse 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith of both of you and I and me. He says, now I will not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but was lit hearted that I might have, see what he said, that I may have some food among you, even as among other Gentiles. It means Paul says, I, I, I want to come to you, that church, to preach, so that I may have food. Food of the world, food of salvation, even though they were already in church. That means it's not everyone in the church that truly, until the gospel is adequately presented to them. He said to some, that I may establish you. To some, I may have what? Food. That means some is, is to get them born again by the gospel. Some is to what? Establish them by the gift of the spirit. But in all, the gospel is the means by that is done. Romans 15, from verse 22. Romans 15, verse 22. Let me recall this evening. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now having no more place in this part, and having a great desire this many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on unto my way. Teach out the word, if first am I somewhat filled with your company. But now I go to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contribution for the poor saints which are Jerusalem. Now let's do that. But Paul is saying here, I'm planning to go to Spain, but, but, but I'm going to come to you. And Paul said, I want to have fruit. So fruit is important to Paul. Fruit for those who are not yet saved that are in the church and that are in the region of Rome. That through the church, he might preach to those in Rome who are not saved and from there go to Spain to, to preach to those who are not saved. You see, there's something burning in the heart of Paul that, 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 that pushes him to get people saved. Have you seen that in the scriptures? So I'm coming to you to preach. And through you, that I might go to Spain to preach also. He says, I'm a debtor to both the Greek and the Babylonians. Romans 1 14. So there's something in the heart of the apostle Paul motivating and pushing him to preach the gospel so that no one has an excuse. And as we come to chapter 8, this is a thrust. So the apostle is setting in order how men are saved. Know what I said in Galatians 2 verse 16. Can we turn it tonight? Galatians 2 16. Very important scripture that we, that we can read this evening. 2 16 in Galatians. He said, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified so this is the establishment and in any case this is the is the premise of the of the of the reformation the protestation occurred on the basis of justification how is a man justified? That cannot be compromised. People can't just join the church at Oba and we assume they are born again. 
Please, folks. Your folks can't just say they are going to church and you agree. And, 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 and for you, that's the end that I said. No, it's beyond going to church. It's how are you born into the family of God? And this is the passion of the apostle that we also must take from and begin to learn. Now, there, there are certain theological underpinnings of what the apostle said in Romans chapter 8. And if you go there this evening, we'll find certain words there. Predestination, foreknowledge, chosen and elect. Predestination, foreknowledge, chosen and elect. All these terms are very important terms. But Paul used these terms in relation and explanation to certain Jewish people who he tattooed for had taught that salvation is of the Jews alone. Paul is saying to them that God before the time began had planned beyond the Jews but came through the Jews. Amen. God had plans beyond the Jews but came through the Jews. But the underpinning plan here is the plan that men be saved and justified by the love and the grace and the faith of Jesus. John 17, verse 20 and 21. Jesus began to say that, Lord, I'm not praying for these alone, but I'm praying for those that will believe of the world. For I have other sheep that's not part of this sheep. So, so somehow Jesus has been revealing this plan, but the Jews didn't understand. Even Peter that was present when Christ was praying this prayer didn't understand. And that was why when God said to him, go to Cornelius, he says, Lord, I have not touched anything unclean. God was trying to pass to them a message of redemption to all, but they didn't understand it. And, and, and therefore, Paul began to use this language to talk to the Jews that before the war began, God had a plan for the Gentiles also. Because Christ has been slain from the beginning of the world. Not for the Jews only. But towards the end of the life of the, of the apostles, this became clear to them. Had we know that John the beloved said in First John chapter two from verse one, it says, it says, it says, it says, beloved, I write to you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have what an advocate with the Father, just as righteous. He says, he says, he says, for his word is the propitiation of our sins. Now notice this. It says, not for our sins alone, but the sins of what the whole world. At what point did he know that? These are the same people that insisted that until people people are baptized and follow the law of Moses. They can't be saved. These are the same people that 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 of circumcision that 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 Peter came to to Antioch to meet Paul and Barnabas and 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 when when James came, he came from James. They were all hiding because James and John and all of them were were the leaders of the church here in Jerusalem. They didn't want anybody to come in there. They were afraid to mingle with the Gentiles. But towards the end of his life, he began to understand that Jesus is only for the Jews. 
but also. So the thoughts of the Apostle Paul for using the word predestination and, and foreknowledge, elect, because they felt that they were the only elects. Paul began to use those words to transcend the Jews that God also has planned for others in redemption. Is someone hearing me tonight? Now, my, I will not pick the tent with people that say is that um, um, those, there are those that will go to hell. No, no, let's let even leave that. Our, our assignment is to preach the gospel. He that believes and baptized shall be saved. We don't know who we believe, but our assignment is to preach like Paul was eager to preach. He said, I will preach to the barbarians, I will preach to the Greeks, I will preach to those even, even in Rome, and I'm going to Spain also. Let that kind of fire be in you also. Now, having read this, or having understood this background now, if you now come with me to Romans chapter 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 8. This starts making sense. Romans 8 from verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Praise God. He's saying here that Jesus wants to be the first among many. Hallelujah. So what's that the song? He didn't want heaven without us. Yeah, it's true. On the basis of Romans chapter 8 verse 29. That he might be the firstborn. And that's what he has called us to. That's the trust of this scripture. Paul writing to, 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 the, to, 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 the, to both the Jews and the Gentiles in the church. Having begun from chapter 1 presenting the gospel. Remember he said. In chapter 3, verses 25 and 27 and 28. In chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. I will come there shortly. Because all these things are built up. We can't take scriptures out of context and, and explain it. It must make sense within the context. So there's something that Apostle Paul is going after here. He's telling those people. He says, that says no. That the moment we come to Christ by faith. First God, we are elected, we are called, he has foreknown us, we are part of him, and have become the firstborn among the dead, we have become part of the body of Christ by faith in Christ Jesus. And this is a trust. But beyond this trust, how are you contributing, how are you playing your role to adding more brethren to Christ? It says, verse, verse 30 says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And we justified, he also glorified. Amen. Those whom he, 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 he predestinate, then he also called. Those whom he also called, he also justified. Those who justified, he also glorified. Tonight, when I'm going to the, 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 the theological argument on this, no. All we are saying, folks, anyone that God calls, He justifies and He glorifies. Hallelujah. But how will God call them? God calls them by Himself. But guess what? They get to hear the call by us. What is the use of those that God has called and will not hear the call of God? For God is no more calling people by his own voice. God is calling them now by whose voice? Our voices. 
Romans 10, quickly, just flip forward in some verses. Romans 10, let me read for you from, from verse 11 of Romans 10, quickly tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I love this tonight. Say, for the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be condemned or ashamed. So say, whosoever. So say, whosoever. So it's not in our place to determine who, but it says, it's God. So, who's, so our place is to what? Preach the gospel. We don't know who is elect. We don't know who is God. But guess what? In the heart of God, God is able and willing enough to call everyone, to save everyone. But he has given the choice to everyone to make his own decision. Verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Amen tonight. God is rich to all, to what all, to all that call upon him. The word rich what all means his mercy is available to how many? To all. So Paul is saying to the Jews here, don't, don't draw a line. Don't condemn. Don't limit the grace of God. Let everyone be, 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 be released and be allowed to preach and, and, and go anywhere. Don't limit it to, don't, don't say people who are in the occult have gone far. They can't be saved anymore. Those who are magicians have gone far. Those who are harlots, oh, don't go there. No, don't limit it to people. No, no, no. No matter how far people have sunk in sin, the grace of God is, is sufficient for the, for the, for the, for the, Offender who is violent, who truly believes that moment in Jesus, a pardon he receives. For whosoever shall call, see what whosoever shall call. Now, now, someone says, you know, you know, you know, um, 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 there are those, you know, but Paul here is saying, whosoever, that means anyone. That means we are, we are, we are meant to cast our nets and, and keep looking for anyone and everyone. For anyone and everyone can be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without what? A preacher. So now who is the preacher? You and I are the preacher. For God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So Paul is coming to a climax of the blessedness of the preaching of the gospel and the grace of God now in the church. We are, we are, we are meant to go into every corner, every place in the world and preach the gospel even in the church buildings. That's why Paul wrote this, this epistle to the church in Rome. And, and, and he said, I desire to have fruit among you. That is people who are born again. I desire to establish those of you who are born again. So that means the gospel is meant for the church. So once a while the church people can examine themselves. But eventually you are there and, 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 and still you are outside. So close yet so far. Romans 8. Verse 30. Whom he depressed his name, then he also called. How does he call them? By preaching. Whom he called, he was justified. And was justified, he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? Hallelujah. You see, Paul is like, it's like, it's like reading their hearts. They are saying, how do you mean? And you say that, that, that God will, 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 will call them and, and he will justify them. They, they, they ask him, on what basis? Uh, it, they, 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 they can't come to him until they follow the Lord. Paul says, no. What shall we say then to these things? 
If God be for us, hallelujah, if God be for those who have been saved, if God had willed to save them, if God has sent his son Jesus, if he did withhold his only son from us, hallelujah, oh, if, if he gave him to us freely, how will he, not us with Jesus, give freely all things, centrally redemption? This is a thought here tonight. Paul was eager to go to Spain, to go to Rome, to go to Corinth. What was burning him, folks, is the same Holy Spirit in Paul that is in us right now. Hallelujah. And the mission, the statement, the command has not changed. The same way God called him, he also called us, go into the whole world and preach. The same grace, the same word, the same matching order that Paul had. We also have it in Christ. Hallelujah tonight. If God be for us, 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us, give us, give us all things? Hallelujah. So Jesus is not, is not, is not, is not, is not for, for some good people who were born in good homes, who, who knew nothing, who are just clean, amen. It's for you know, it's interesting for you to know tonight that reading through the account of the of the gospel writers Matthew, Luke, that wrote about Christ's genealogy. Matthew wrote his own genealogy to, to trace Christ. Through David down to Joseph. Luke traced his own. Through Abraham down through Mary. But all to point that Jesus was man. But he came through the line of David. And guess what? The Matthew and Luke were not ashamed. To trace by the Holy Spirit and put Rahab, Bathsheba, in the lineage of Jesus. Even Ruth. Guess what? Ruth was a Moabitess. And God says, no Moabite shall be found in the, in the, in the lineage of the saints. And all these folks, even Rahab, who was a prostitute, she somehow, in, in, in Christ's genealogy, they were found there. It's just a point to us that, that, that there's no one excluded from the covering of the redemptive grace of God. We mustn't, you know, side-peak and, 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 and side-choose who we preach to. For there is no quality soul before God. Every soul is valuable. This is what Paul is saying here. And Paul is rejoicing. This is the climax of the teaching of redemption. And he's using this to silence every opposition. In the days of Paul, magicians were saved. The rich were saved. The poor were saved. Christ preached. 
to the very poor of the very poor and they were saved. And he preached to the very rich of the very rich and they were saved. He was both the friends of the poor and the rich. But you see, what does everything is that he preached the gospel to them. That means the gospel is not for a set of people. You know, nowadays there are some people that have that have ministry to to the to the to celebrities, some to 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 politicians, some to doctors. You know, you you package the gospel to appeal to a certain set of of the of the of the of the of the populace. You start finding, you know, you know, musicians and, 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 and you go to church, you find almost all the musicians in the world in that church because something is attracting them there. You know, no, that's not Jesus, that's not Paul. The church is a mixture of all. There's no there's no there's no high and no almighty in the church. Bible says God between the Jews and the Gentiles, the poor and the rich, the male and female, the slave and the master, we are all one in Christ. So in the church of God, everyone should welcome for the central base of attraction is the gospel. And this was the thrust of the apostle Paul. And by extension, we must learn from this. One thing we must learn here is that there's a passion in the heart of the apostle. And here he's writing to, to, to those who oppose the, the entrance of everyone on the basis of the gospel. Verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? What means Paul is saying, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Once God has called you, everything in the past is gone. For he that's in Christ Jesus is a new world creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. No one shall lay anything against any charge. That word charge there is a legal term. A time of judgment. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that what justify. So if 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 someone who is been a sinner comes to Christ, no one has the right to lay anything against him. God has what has justified. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who is also making intercession for us? Now, what Paul is saying here by the Holy Spirit is this. The entrance into the body of Christ is by faith. And we must preach this. To the world. We must be eager to get to Spain. We must be eager to get to Rome. We must be eager to preach to the barbarians. And preach to the Scythians. And preach to, 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 to everyone. In Judea. In, in Samaria. In Jerusalem. And, and in all the earth. We must be eager. So one of the things that, that you, you see in the heart of somebody. Who is in love with Christ and God. Is that he's eager to spread the gospel. Hallelujah. There's a fire. There's a commitment. There's a push. There's something urging you. There's something motivating you. There's something, you know, in, in making you joyous in, in preaching. And every time you find the opportunity to preach the gospel, something will come in you and give you joy. 
Amen tonight. The moment a man is born again, he passes from death unto life. Oh, hallelujah. And I want everybody this evening to have this mind. Let this mind be in you. Paul can say of that, that this mind is in me, which also was in Christ Jesus. This mind of preaching and living the truth. Let this mind be in you, church. For this mind was also in Christ Jesus. And this mind must be in everyone who is born again. We must be eager. We mustn't draw a line of those who can't come. Oh, this person has 20 tattoos. He can't come. No. When it comes to Christ, the tattooing must stop. But guess what? His tattooed body can't stop him from coming to Christ. But when it comes to Christ, the tattooing stops. Oh, she's a wayward girl. Yeah, her being wayward can't stop her coming to Christ. When she comes to Christ, the waywardness stops. Christ is the only one that can change the life of a man and turn a man's life around 180 degrees. Hallelujah. Let's not give up. Let's not, let's not allow our, our, our sentiment stop us from preaching to certain categories of people. Let's not select. Let's, let's spread it. Hallelujah. Now Paul is saying here. 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation. Now listen now. Now in this context, Paul was writing to those who were in Rome who were actually under the the, the, the oppression of the Roman government. So, so in context, this word makes sense to those who were living in Rome at that time. They were under grave persecution for the sake of Christ. Who shall separate us? Not Nero. Not the government. Not the policies. Not even ourselves. Not, not the society. Not the things that are in vogue. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Paul was using, using these descriptive adjectives to actually point to the suffering that they are going through. If Christ has saved them, then nothing else should be strong enough to take them away from the love of Christ. Hallelujah. It's written, for thy sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. In all which things, in all the persecution, in all the rejection, in all the laughter, for some who are born again, it's not, it's not sword or peril. You see, it's rejection, it's isolation. Is, 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 is setting you aside. All these things. 
He says, nay, above all those rejections, all those name-calling, all those labeling, all those stereotyping, that men stereotype you because you are born again, ye are more than what? Conquerors. Hallelujah. You are, you are, I feel something now. We are all conquerors. It doesn't matter how men stereotype us, what name-calling they've given us, what label they tag on us, that you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are Creo, you are, 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 you, you, you think you are holier than what? Than thou. Who do you think you are? He says, among all those name callings, we are what? More than conquerors. So expect to be called names. But in name calling, we are what? More than conquerors. That's what that means. We are more than conquerors through Christ that saved us in redemption. So say amen tonight. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amazing. Amazing way to conclude the treatise on redemption. And Paul is saying here that we are redeemed not by the seed that is corruptible, but by the seed that is incorruptible. Hallelujah. By the word of God. That's why anyone who claims to be born again must point to the fact that I'm born again by the seed of what? The word of God. I'm born again by response to the scripture. I'm born again by responding to the word of God. I'm born again by putting faith in Jesus. No one gets born again apart from putting faith in the world and in Jesus. That's the only way to come in. And when men come in by this way, the work of regeneration begins to show in them that new life, that new changes. They, they, they start breaking food worthy of repentance. That is how we know that men have passed from dead unto life. What a good way to conclude. This wonderful treatise. Hallelujah. Let the fire of God burn in you folks. Like a burnt in Paul. Don't let's be comfortable in our, in our space. Don't ever think that, that, that people outside are not at risk. People out there are at risk. Folks, you know today I went to the to buy something for, for one, one, one of my daughters and 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 and, 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 and the pharmacist say said to us he says he says he says he says mom's is in the air right now you know that 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 that, that, that the, the virus that brings mom's is in the air right now and 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 and, and it's in the air but so you can't see folks more than mom's death is in the air right now men are going to hell right now and they've been they've, they've been dead in the air in fact the whole world lies in what in darkness and the only way of redemption the only way of escape is the gospel it might it might look foolish but does please god through the foolishness of preaching hallelujah to save the lost let them think we are foolish but those who God has called, it will lead to their salvation. 
As Paul is eager to come to Rome, to go to Spain, to come to Corinth, to go to Ephesus and, and Galatia, as he's eager to die, to die, to die in Rome. How, how, how is that challenging you tonight? One day he came to a place and, 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 and the prophet took a gadol and says, the man who owns this gadol will be bowed. And he says, he says I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go there and even die. God give account of some tribes in Israel. In, 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 in chapter 5, when the brother was singing the song of victory, he said that some tribes, that sat behind in the sheepfold, the 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 the, the, the tribe of Reuben and 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 Gad and 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 Asher and and others, they sat behind and were doing their business. But two tribes stood out. It says it says it says it says Zebulon and Naphtali. These were people that rose up and went on foot even to the valleys, and their lives were what were jeoparded for the sake of God. And it says, He that wants to save his life shall lose it, but he that desires to lose the life, oh, and and, and not be ashamed of the gospel in this world. God's angels shall also be proud of him in heaven. Tonight, I, 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 challenge, I challenge you tonight to be challenged of God. And not limit anyone in the grace of God. That's what Paul is saying here. As I close tonight, there's a hymn that came to my heart. There's a fountain filled with blood. That blood is filled forever until the fullness of the Gentiles be coming. Say, Him I love so much. And I will sing to you, or, or, or rather read to you, or sing to you three of his stanzas. Let the fire that burned in the heart of Paul burn in us. But that fire is the fire of Jesus. Hallelujah. Today I will share with the leaders. Why will God depend on man? He always looked for a man. He called unto Noah in the age of lawlessness. Can he call on you? Oh, what a honor for God to call on man. He called on Abraham in the time that men worship idols. Can he call on you? He called on to Moses when his people were languishing in bondage. Can he depend on you? Can God depend on you to populate his kingdom and add more brethren and make him the first one among many brethren? Can you, can you, can he depend on you tonight, folks? I'm telling you. And this word was working hard of Paul and was pushing, he was pressing. Say, I long to come to you. But, but I've been here many times. How, how pressing is Jesus in your heart? Those who represented, he, he, he also foreknew, he called, justified and glorified. Who will bring him against God's charge or elect? It's Christ. There's a fountain still filled with blood, folks. There's a fountain still filled with blood. That blood never dries up. It was pierced once, but the fountain has never dried up. The blood is still flowing today. And any sinner that plunges within that flood will have all his good things taken away. But how can God reach them today until we go? He has called many. But the many cannot hear. 
which will sound that word in their ears. And that's what Apostle Paul is saying in his closing treatise in Romans chapter 8. So there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that floor lose all their guilty sense lose all their guilty Lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunge beneath that flowing flow. Lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief. Rejoice to see that fountain in his day. And then may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Wash all their sins away. Their sins away. And then may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. I want to read the third one I'm going to stop tonight. That blood still flows. May you not waste. On that one you know. You may not waste on the one you don't know. But how are we sure it won't go into waste? We're sure as we go to share this truth. Compelling men to come. Begging them with all you have. To escape the flood and the rod to come. To escape the fire. But those whom God has called. He justifies. And no one can bring any charge against them. For ultimately he will glorify his people. For the problem of the world is sin. And sin destroys. Sin shall be destroyed and the sinner shall be destroyed together. But provision has been made in Christ. For redemption of the soul. The dying lamb, thy precious blood, shall never lose its power, <laughs> till all the ransomed ones of God be saved and seen no more. I said again. The dying land, thy precious blood shall never 
va lose its power. Till all the ransomed ones of God be set to see no more. How? How? How are you passionate about men be set to see no more? Be set to see no more. Till all the ransomed ones of God, till all, that's our assignment. That's the task. Our assignment is to get men saved by the blood and keep them established safe by the word and the spirit and keep them preserved until the coming of our Lord in righteousness. For it's coming for a church without spot. Without spot, no wrinkle. There's no allowance for sin. No allowance for compromise. Satan is trying to make us feel that there's allowance for But no, folks, no allowance for compromise. It's coming for a church. And the purpose of a local church is to keep sanctifying the people by the washing of the water. By the word. Let us pray. Father. Thank you. Lent of you again tonight. From lent of you again tonight. What you will your table. What you will for us. We thank you because we know we are saved. We are not condemned. No charge against us. Thank you because we've, we've been added among the, the, the brethren of our Lord. Wow. Lord, we don't deserve this, but your grace has found us. We hold this dear to our hearts, Lord. I pray, Lord, tonight that you strengthen us, Lord, to hold this dear and on the basis of this alone live and study for eternity. But Lord, much more spreading this truth, this grace, and this love in our world today. Keep us, Lord, from the world separate and shine your light in the world through us. Bring men and women and boys and girls, rich and poor, old and young, to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Give us strength, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Tonight we are empowered again to continue in this path, in this narrow path, in this narrow way of serving you, of following you. We rejoice that we know you. Thank you, Lord, tonight. We give you praise and glory. For, Lord, we are faithful. We pray with thanksgiving tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for for joining in. I believe you've been blessed of God. You have been blessed. We'll continue this study. What an interesting treatise. I trust God to help us again as we continue um, on Thursday by the grace of God.
and build up from here going forward. God bless you. Please stay strong and know your place. Know the plan of God for us as we press in in this work of redemption. God bless you. Have a blessed night, Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.